Welcome to the Assistive Technology Hot Corner, your one-stop shop for everything assistive technology. Sit back and join us for some friendly banter, news and notes of interest, and of course, assistive technology tips and tricks. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Moat and Israel Cazares. I want to welcome all of you to this edition of the Assistive Technology Hot Corner. My name is Mike Moat. I'm glad to join you this month. We have a lot to talk about on this month's episode. We have a couple of things we're going to do tonight. The first thing is we're going to talk about iOS 17 and some of the new features that you will find with it. And we're also going to visit with the vice president of the software development project at Vespero. Ryan Jones will be here and we will talk about the new JAWS 2024. The public betas have been released. If you're listening to this podcast, you'll have the opportunity to go uh, to freedomscientific.com and download the public beta. At the time of this recording, beta one is out and uh, Ryan has some great information about it. And he's also going to tell us about some really cool events that are coming up, particularly in the month of November as it relates to Vespero, Jaws, Freedom Scientific, and all of the stuff they've got going on. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with a shark. How about that? Uh, But uh, not uh, with anyone tonight, especially because we've had some technical issues. Israel and I were supposed to join you this evening, but that recording is in computer la-la land. We don't exactly know where it is, but we're hopeful that he'll be able to join us next month for our meeting. You can be a part of the Assistive Technology Hot Corner family if you would like. You can join us. You can subscribe to our podcast uh, on any of your podcast platforms of choice. We're on the little girl in the box, uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, any of your podcast uh, catchers, whatever your player is, whatever your preference. You can even listen to our show uh, in our monthly podcast online at Assistive Technology at uh, Hot Corner at athotcorner.com. That is our address, athotcorner.com. You can also subscribe to our email feed, and you can find out when our next podcast drops, as we're going to be doing a lot of these in the future, and we're glad that you're with us. So get right to it. A lot of information to tell you about with respect to iOS 17. Uh, at the time of this recording, iOS 17 is about three days old as far as being released as a full version uh, to the public. Lots of public betas have been out there, a lot of different uh, things that folks have tested, but we've, uh, I did not participate in the beta testing this year. I may do that in the future, but I wasn't uh, one who did that this time. But it is out, and I am using it on an iPhone 14, and I can tell you from what I have seen, this is a very good update. There are some drawbacks, some bugs, and you're going to get those whenever you have a new iOS version. Uh, And I will mention a few of the good things that I like about it. First of all, it seems to be really responsive and really snappy when you're moving around your screen. Uh, It seems to do quite well with that. Um, Seems like you get speech uh, response and speech output when you swipe a little bit faster. Um, It seems like the speech is a little bit quicker. Uh, than it was in previous versions. Now, I'm running the Samantha voice. I know there's probably some other voices that uh, people are using, and I haven't heard any major problems. Uh, Some of the things that it does uh, is a little... uh, 
annoying. <laughs> One of the things in particular that I've noticed is when I unlock my phone with my locking code that I use, uh, sometimes it will keep saying that it needs a password, which it doesn't. But then in a couple of seconds, if you tap on the screen, it will acknowledge that you've indeed unlocked the phone. And here most recently, uh, if I'm using my Braille display, I can type in my code and press the enter key and sometimes it unlocks and sometimes it doesn't and in that case I have to use the phone to tap the done button and then it will unlock. So there's a couple of things like that. Another thing I've noticed that it's a little uh, unusual and it's just a nuisance more than anything is when someone leaves you a voicemail it tends to try to read it out as if it is trying to decode it and tell you what it says. And it in uh, voiceover stutters uh, very much when that is happening. And in a couple of instances that I've seen this, it does not allow you to uh, get off of that screen or lock the screen and it stop talking. It just it just does it. So there may be a setting that will help in that, and I bet there is. But right now. That seems to be a little bit of an issue for me. I know Braille users have reported some things, uh, particularly uh, some of the functionality uh, with the enter key on some devices is not working the way it should be. Uh, but there there are some really ad good advantages uh, to voiceover and the new uh, features and some of the newest accessibility things that they built in. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, the assistive uh, accessibility feature i think that's the way it's what it's referred to as is uh, helping those who have difficulty using their hands uh, and it kind of allows you to take apps and simplify the uh, layout so that you can act, interact with it much easier and i think that's really cool for those who want to use that um, there's some other things as well that i think are really cool features uh are are pretty good uh, some other things i know braille is uh has been addressed and some of the improvements particularly when typing in long messages uh particularly emails uh, random words are not inserted and we've had that issue for a long time i can also say that the voicemails that you get sound pretty good they sound a little bit better i don't know what it is but the quality seems to be a lot better uh, there's some really cool things with the Apple Music uh, feature, uh, your music uh, app. You can actually do the karaoke uh, part of it a lot easier uh, than you could before. And uh, so there's there's a lot of neat stuff uh, that's available to you. So check it out. If you are one of these who gets annoyed by some of these little knick-knack things with bugs and stuff, uh, particularly with uh, voiceover stuttering and things like that. Occasionally, it's not something that happens all the time, but it will happen occasionally. If you're annoyed by things like reading notifications when you unlock your phone from time to time, it won't stop doing that. If you're annoyed by those things, 17 may not be for you just yet. Wait until there's a couple of builds that are released. And as I look at my phone, I, I, this is in real time as we're recording this. I see that an iOS 17.0.1 uh, has been dropped this afternoon. I just saw it. I don't know anything about it. I just saw it. I just got a notification. I'm sitting here reading it in Braille. How about that? So as we're recording, some stuff happening. So 
there may be a, a security thing that they're addressing. I wouldn't think there'd be too many uh, major problems already two days in, but I think that's the earliest I've ever seen a, uh, an update to it. Um, but check it out. Uh, it's available, of course. Uh, you can use it uh, now if you haven't downloaded iOS 17. Uh, make sure that you have a little patience because there's going to be a few little minor things. The major issues... Uh, don't seem to be that prevalent uh, from what I have heard. I mean, there's some people who are screaming about various issues, but they're going to do that anyway. And and, and let me be clear, guys. Uh, if you're doing this and expecting it to be perfect, uh, that's not the case. I don't think we've ever had a perfect new release of something, of any software that I've ever used as an assistive technology professional. But if you can live with a few crazy little things that may happen from time to time, uh, I think it's safe to download it. It's not going to freeze your phone and make it un, uh, unusable for sure. Uh, one thing I do want to mention about the new uh, products that are coming out, iPhone 15 uh, will actually be released uh, tomorrow uh, as this is being recorded. We're recording this uh, podcast on September 21st. And the new iPhone 15 is expected to be available in some parts of the United States as early as tomorrow. Uh, you probably can uh, pre-order your phone now if you would like. If it's not available in your area, it will be soon. But one of the neat features of the iPhone 15, in case you have not heard this from any of the uh, Apple presentations in previous months, you now have a new way to charge your phone. The USB-C... Uh, standardized charging uh, system is coming to the iPhone 15. Uh, for some, that might be one reason to update your phone uh, just because of that. But uh, for those of you who have the lightning cables, once you move up to 15 and beyond, those you will not need anymore as far as your iPhone is concerned. Now, the wireless charging systems will still operate the way that they always have. And one uh, other thing to mention uh, with respect to the iPhone's battery, uh, sometimes when new versions of iOS come out, they're battery hogs. Let's just be fair. Uh, they are not uh, anymore. They they are not. Um, it doesn't seem like my battery is draining any worse than it was before. Another feature that I want to mention real quick while I'm thinking about it is if you're a Braille user, there is a speech sound curtain feature in Braille now that allows you to, when using your Braille display, have no speech. All you want to see is Braille. Well, you can do that as long as you have a Braille display connected to your iPhone via Bluetooth or via cable if you're doing it that way. And on iPhone 15s, you can do that if you have a USB-C connector uh that goes both ways, one into the display and one into the phone. You should be able to use it that way if you want to. Now, what it does is it allows you to silence speech while you're using your Braille display. So check that out under your Braille settings in your uh, accessibility, voiceover, and Braille. You'll be able to see that. Another thing that is available there is how notifications are spoken when you're on a phone call. I uh, think this is a really neat feature as well. It will ask you if you want the voiceover to read either the fact that you have a notification, read the whole thing, or not read it at all. Uh, there are some f uh, settings there that you can control. And But be aware now, if you're getting text messages, 
you won't hear them while you're on a call, and that might be important to you. So uh, proceed with caution. You can certainly try those, uh, those settings and, and check that out for yourself. All in all, uh, I think iOS 17 is a is a really good release. There's some cool accessibility features that they've introduced, and we've talked about some of these both here tonight and also uh, in previous uh, podcasts and, and things like that, especially after the WWDC back in the uh, summer. I hope you enjoy it. I recommend that those of you who uh, are, you know, annoyed by some of the little things that happen with new releases uh, may be time for you to kind of wait and just let some things settle down and work themselves out but uh, you're not missing any huge improvements in terms of performance there's just some new little features that will be uh, kind of uh, neat to experiment with so uh, again happy updating if you choose to do that one of the other things that is coming uh, in October is the new release of Jaws. 2024 is here. The public beta season is here. It's an exciting time in September and October for sure because you get iOS typically in September and you get the Jaws updates in mid to late October and sometimes first November. And earlier this week, I had a chance to catch up with Ryan Jones who is the vice president of the uh, software development project at Vespero. And it was really cool to sit and talk with him about the new betas and a lot of other things that are going on at Freedom Scientific. So here is that conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. The first installment of our Assistive Technology Hot Corner Heroes is coming your way now, and we are pleased to be joined by the Vice President of Software Product Management at uh, Vespero, and that is Ryan Jones. And that software includes JAWS, ZoomText, Infusion, and this is a really busy time of year for this gentleman because we're introducing a new version of jaws this is coming around every year and here we are at that time and ryan it's a pleasure to have you on our podcast welcome and thank you for joining us hope ever hope everything's going well with all the stuff going on in your world these days well thank you mike i'm really happy to be here talking to you today and yeah it, it's a really busy time of year and it, in fact i was just kind of thinking not long ago how fast this time of year comes around um, this is about, I guess I'm about 14 months into this new role after Eric Damery retired uh, last summer. And so it's the second go around for the fall season for me now. And it's a, it's a whirlwind because we've got a lot of things going on on the software side, getting the, the new versions out the door and, and then uh, continuing the work as normal. And then we've got some new events and things that I think we'll talk about today as well. So it's, it's a fun time of the year. Um, but super, super busy for all of us. Yeah. You know, this is uh, September, October is a lot of fun for those of us who work in the assistive technology field, because in September we get the new iOS stuff and in October we get the new jaw stuff and it kind of goes back to back. So we're excited about all of the things we've heard about in some of the conventions uh, in July, you guys were talking about some of the new things, I'm sure, and previewing some of it. And now you actually have the chance to uh, look at it if you're, you're a JAWS user through the public beta. And and Ryan, I think that is something that is so vitally important to you all is, and maybe not, it doesn't get its credibility, credit that it deserves, is that the folks, before you actually get the full release in about a month, you get a chance to test the public beta 
and offer input. That That is really fun to do as a JAWS user. And I know you guys enjoy offering that to people and also getting the feedback that we can provide you. We do. It's it's something we've been doing for a number of years now, and it's so valuable because the way we do testing and software, and you can imagine the complexity of programs like JAWS and ZoomText running on all kinds of configurations, different versions of Windows 10 or 11, and all the different builds, and all the different sort of infrastructure that people have PCs on. So the level of complexity that the software has to run on is enormous, and there's no way we can encompass all of that with our own testing. We have a whole testing team that that does this all day long, but they could never test every conceivable scenario of a computer. And so we also have a private beta team of a number of folks who get builds of our software as we're working on it, and they do their own testing. But again, that that covers some more of the ground, but never gets us all the way there. So the private beta time or the public beta time is really important because we ask anyone to try it. It doesn't even matter if you have a license of JAWS. You can still run it in demo mode. And we want people to try it. We want to get feedback. We look at the, that feedback, and it helps us sort of gauge, are we missing things? Is there something we couldn't foresee, some scenario of software configurations that we didn't know about or couldn't envision causing a problem? And, and we want to know about it so we have time to get those things fixed. And Obviously, we release software on a really regular basis now. It's not like the old days with CDs where you had once or twice a year, you might put out an update. We're doing updates about every six to eight weeks now. And so there's always this constant feedback loop. But this the public beta is something that we really love. And we really encourage people to download it, try it out, try the new stuff, and then just give us feedback about how things are working in general for you so that we can make adjustments as we need to. Before we talk about some of the features of the new JAWS public beta, and you can go and listen to some of the Freedom Scientific uh, podcasts on this, but uh, I want to ask you, what goes into putting out different features in new releases? I'm sure you get a lot of requests for certain features, certain uh, new things to be added. Take me through the process of elimination, if you will, and how things make the cut, so to speak, before a new release is is dropped for uh, the consumers? It's actually one of the most interesting processes and, and one of the most difficult processes because we have a backlog of things that we would like to see done and that our users want to see done. That backlog is enormous. I mean, it, it would take an army of developers, 10,000 strong, to get us through that. And we want to do all of it. But the, the truth of the matter is we can't. We can only do what our resources allow us to do. And so to kind of go through that process, we evaluate things on what's going to have a larger impact on our user base. And and this is global too, because we're selling JAWS is being used in, in dozens and dozens of countries around the world. So we look at things from uh, you know, a global perspective, what things will be impactful to people. And then we, you really, one of the key things about JAWS and its legacy has been its ability to help people function in work environments and be able to achieve and attain employment using computers. And so anything that we do that we can definitely tie back to employment settings or education settings, we really place a higher value on those things. When when it's time to come down to the brass tacks of what things get in, what are we going to work on, what aren't we going to work on? 
things that are going to help people be more effective in their jobs or education, they usually get pushed closer to the front of the line. And then some of it's just feasibility and logistics. You know, if it's something that's going to take us nine, 10 months to do, it may it may get pushed back a little bit and until we have a little bit more time to focus on that. So there's this kind of this constant back and forth that we do from a product management and engineering standpoint to try to find that balance of what are the right things to get in and what things may have to wait a little bit. And it's it's a really interesting process. I think a lot of times we get it right and sometimes maybe we don't get it right. And, and we always are open to learning from this process. One of my favorite additions was a couple of versions ago when you were finally able to split audio from the left to the right ear and hear your computer system, whatever that audio might be in the other ear. Uh, to me, that was one of those functions and working in call centers uh, a lot, as I do when supporting a lot of our employees, I can tell you that is one of the greatest inventions that we've had. And it was so long overdue and I was so glad you got it. And I think this release, Ryan, of, of public beta 24 and on into the release of 2024 in a month or so, you've got another, I think, great feature that I'm most excited about. And that is allowing a blind user to figure out where they are in their camera lens as far as looking at the camera, being focused the right way before a, a meeting like the one we're having here. Uh, to me, that is just very innovative and it couldn't come at a better time because so many of us work from home and we're we you know are in our own offices where we don't have somebody sitting at the ready to tell us whether or not we're we're being seen properly by our camera on our computer that is a great feature and i want you to talk a little bit about that if you would yeah this one is this was a, a i wouldn't say pet project of mine because it's always a team effort but it's something that's been really important to me because we've all dealt with this after the pandemic started around being on video calls all the time. And some folks deal with it by just not turning their cameras on. And in some companies, that's fine. Some companies have policies where you have to turn your camera on. And some people want to as well, even if there's not a policy. I spend I spend my I find myself in a lot of meetings where I I want my camera on, whether it's executive meetings through Vespero or client meetings. I feel to me that it's important for other people to see me, even if I can't see them. And it's very disconcerting when you don't really know, am I in the shot the right way? Is my the top of my head cut off or am I kind of looking the wrong way? So I always found myself having someone else, if it was an important meeting, checking the view for me. Hey, can you see me? Am I looking in the right way? And I, it just kind of came about to a variety of us. We just need to put this in JAWS. And the great thing that where we are with the te technology landscape and artificial intelligence is there are, are machine learning models out there that do this. And so we were able to get access to a machine learning model in JAWS now that's very small. It doesn't require internet connectivity to use it. And, and it helps us identify where your face is in the view. So the idea is before you get on a call, whether it's Teams or Zoom or any of any meeting platform where you might need to be on your camera, before you start that meeting, use the face and view feature, which we have in JAWS, and it will help get you centered. It will tell you move left or move right or move up or down, or it'll even tell you where to look to try to get your eyes looking towards the camera. And so that you can feel confident when you start that meeting that you're you're at least looking in the right way and that you're kind of centered and the camera's not pointing down 
uh, towards your neck, for example, and, and, and even that it's the right camera. Uh, an example somebody shared with me back in the summer when I was talking about this is they were on a call and didn't realize they had two cameras on their computer and the wrong camera was selected and they didn't realize it. And so they thought they were on the camera, but it was actually the back camera on their computer and it was facing a whole different way. And so these are just things that we struggle with as as low vision or blind individuals. And the idea is let let this feature help solve this and make this a little bit less stressful when we have to be on video calls. That's going to be one of the great features. And there is a FS cast where a demonstration of this is done. And you can go to the Freedom Scientific page and go and look up FS casts. There's a there's a section there and you can listen to that one and a lot of others uh, that will be available that talks about this, but there's also some training that's coming out. And and I, and I want to mention training uh, in a minute, but I also, before we do that, I want to talk about one more feature that I'm really intrigued to try. I just got the beta recently, haven't had a chance to try this yet, but it's the split braille feature. And I think this is, to me, an underrated feature that's coming. I think people are really going to enjoy it once they get accustomed to it. Ryan, give me your thoughts on this and how this came about, if you would. We we have a team that that work with us that are testers and engineers. Um, m- many of them have worked for Freedom Scientific and Vespera for a couple of decades or more. Many of them are extremely uh, good Braille users. Uh, we're passionate about Braille literacy at Vespero and I have not seen this level of excitement among that team in I don't know when, maybe ever, around the split Braille feature. I mean, the the folks, when we were getting on meetings and talking about this and seeing some of the first prototypes of it back in May and June, I, I, they couldn't stop talking. I had to finally, in some meetings, say, guys, we know this is phenomenal. Let's we got to keep moving in this discussion, though. And so, like, th- there's there's a lot of excitement internally about this because. As a Braille user, it gives you the ability to actually read Braille from multiple, from two different places at the same time on a single line Braille display. So the feature, we, we've called it split Braille because it lets you take basically a single line Braille display, whether it's a 40 cell or a 32 or a 20 or whatever the size you have, it lets you split it in half and you can have content from one area on the left half of the display and content from a different area on the right side of the display. So there's a lot of use cases where this could be really important. So one example might be if I'm using Microsoft Word and I'm reading through some text, whenever I get to somewhere where there's a footnote or a comment, we can go into split braille mode immediately and show the comment on the right side of the display, whereas the regular text of your document is now on the left side of the display. Or another example would be if you're in using Microsoft Teams, for example, and you're you're typing a message in a chat thread. Normally, all you would see on the Braille display is just what you're typing, the, where the cursor is, where you're typing. Other Teams messages might be coming in that you can't see that are in that thread. With Split Braille, you can have one half of the display showing what you're typing and the other half of the display showing the messages that are coming in. Um, I'll give you one one final example too, for for Braille literacy for people learning Braille. We we can have it set where 
on on one half of your display is grade one braille the other half might be grade two braille for example or grade two on one side and computer braille on the other side so for one of our engineers actually is kind of learning braille right now and he said this this feature has given him the jolt to really focus in more on braille uh, and learning it because now he can have grade one on one side and grade two on the other and you know, it's kind of helped motivated him to focus his on his Braille skills as well. So there's a lot of power in this. And I think we've only probably ourselves touched the tip of the iceberg where this feature can help Braille users. And so I think over the coming months and years, as we get more and more feedback, you'll see us continue to add to this feature and find even more use cases where having split Braille can really be a benefit to people. Anybody who's an educator uh, can use this uh, very effectively if you're a teacher and I'm excited about it. I know a Braille teacher myself and I, I, I tell folks all the time, if you have a Braille skill and you're trying to work in this environment today, it's just like every, every person who goes to work with a box of tools, that's a tool in the box. You take it with you because you may use it somewhere along the way. And what a great uh, addition this is going to be to JAWS 2024. We're visiting with Ryan Jones, who is the uh, uh, Vice President of Software Product Management at Vespero. And of course, not only uh, do you talk about new releases, but you also handle uh, and oversee some of the training. And boy, y'all have enhanced this training department in the last few years. I know Dan Clark did such a great job with step-by-step tutorials, and I know y'all use some of that in your basic training now. But uh, you have a lot of training uh, opportunities for people now uh, throughout each month, and there's just different things on various platforms. Uh, you guys have really done a great job, and you've always done that with your with your software. JAWS is probably the best training step-by-step guides I've ever seen because it's all guided. And I've, you know me being in the business that I'm in, and Ryan, you as well. You can read training manuals with other software and still be confused. Your Absolutely. your stuff is so straight ahead, straightforward. Uh, talk about your department a little bit and brag on them because I think they deserve it. They they do. And, and you know, train the training departments where I first came into Freedom Scientific back in 2005. That's how I where I got started with the company and working alongside alongside Dan Clark at the time. Moved into different roles throughout the years, but. Yeah, our training team, uh, Rachel and Liz and Ron and and some others that work on the the written documentation, many many of them have been doing this for quite a while, and they've learned to adapt to where technology is leading us. You know, back in the old days, training was all on cassette tape, and then we kind of migrate (laughs) with the interjoy stuff. (laughs) Yes. Oh my. Then we kind of moved to okay, it's online, but it's still text format. And then we kind of moved to MP3. And then you had Daisy coming along. And now you've got so many platforms to consume training, whether it's through a podcast, whether it's through YouTube, whether it's through traditional webinars or regular audio files. So I think one of the best things that that team does is they really have allowed our content to go out there in a lot of different ways. I mean, we publish training on TikTok sometimes, Instagram. I mean, there's just, we're we're always looking at what what are the ways that JAWS users are consuming information and how do we get the training out there in a way, in a, in a place, in a platform that people feel comfortable with versus saying, well, you can only participate in our training if you do it in this one exact way. So I think that's, 
that's really a great thing. And, and our that team is very connected to users. We're getting feedback. We're having conversations with people there at events and trade shows and things a lot. So it's really important for us to stay connected with what people are needing and how training benefits them. And then just to be flexible. And they do a phenomenal job with that. Ryan, you're a user of JAWS. They are users of JAWS. How important do you think that is when it comes to doing this training and doing what you do? Because obviously you're going to benefit from it, but you understand the need and the wants of a lot of folks just like you who use this stuff and and need it in order not not just to learn new things and do new things and, you know, technology, you know, gurus like, you know, we are, but just you need this to support in order to do your job and to enhance your role and grow in, in, in whatever job it is that you're doing. You probably have a better understanding of that along with the rest of your team than a lot of, of other folks just because you benefit from the product. Yeah, there's the old adage or cliche about eat your own dog food that I've seen before in, in companies. And <laughs> and, and yeah. that's that's important to us. Like we we are users of our own products and, and we have mm-hmm. a very strong representation of blind and low vision people all across our software team whether it's myself being a vp of software our training team our documentation team um, our engineering team our test team our technical support team some of them the entire teams are users of our software some of them it's a mix we have sighted folks and we have blind and low vision so but we have a really strong representation across the business. And that's, that is so important because we're having to live with this, our own selves. And, you know, if, our, if one of our engineers is working on something and they've created a bug accidentally and they're having to deal with it just to do their own job, they're going to be motivated to fix it and they're going to be motivated to fix it quickly. And so it, it's, it's one of the things that I think has been a core value of ours as a company over the years is to always have leadership and extreme participation from our own staff who need to use our software as well. I can tell you from experience, uh, JAWS helped me grow in the job that I do, and now we're trying to pay it forward to others and give them the opportunity to have gainful employment where they can live by themselves, take care of themselves, and and JAWS is at the core of that, at the very core of what they're trying to do, because without it, they're not able to. They're not able to as effectively as as they need to in a lot of cases. Um, Ryan, a couple more things. Uh, first of all, uh, tell me a little bit about Fusion and ZoomText. We don't want to leave out our uh, magnification users. And one of the things I'm really excited about for this new release of 2024 is that you've uh, done some work on the magnification engine when it starts, and I am so glad because we have issues sometimes with it taking its sweet time to load. It, let's be kind and yes, say it that absolutely. way. Yep. So you're it changing that slow. a little bit. So let's just yeah, be slow. honest. It, it's slow it sometimes. It is slow. Uh, so I know you're trying to work through that, and I know with with all that's having to be done with with the mag engine trying to actually grab the you know the screen and all of that sort of thing the way it's done behind the scenes that that has been a a real challenge for you guys but you seem to have addressed it this time there's a lot of technical things going on under the hood uh Mm -hmm. and and with magnification especially and you know we have a we have a product line that's very very mature in zoom text and jaws have been around for decades that's a great thing but it also comes with some challenges because we're, we're supporting so many different versions of software we have legacy 
things that are in the products. And sometimes you just have to stop and you say, I've got to rebuild this. It's kind of like a house. You know, as the house gets older, you may have to say, we need to redo the bathroom. Well, let's redo our this bedroom or this kitchen. So with Zoom text, we realized if we're going to make things faster and more responsive, we're going to have to rebuild this magnification engine, which is kind of the core or the guts of how Zoom text operates. So we started on this project early this year, probably January or February. We knew going in, this was like a six-month project for an entire team of engineers. This isn't something you just do overnight. And that team has really worked diligently. We had done a lot of testing internally. We put it in front of a lot of beta users and have definitely been seeing really positive results around the, the responsiveness and the speed of Zoom text, especially when it loads up. And, and that impacts Fusion as well if you're running JAWS and Zoom text together. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. There's always room to grow and to make it more responsive, but this sort of sets the stage for us to continue working on performance with Zoom Tech. So it's kind of one of those things we had to stop and rebuild the stuff. Now we even have a better place to start from as we go forward with Zoom Text and making it be responsive. So October is National Disability Awareness Month. We have something coming up in November, Ryan, that I want you to talk about because I'm excited about this, too. We have so much to be excited about with when it comes to what you guys are doing. Shark Vember. I saw a public uh, release about this, a media release a few weeks ago. Some of you who listen to this podcast may have already heard about this through a podcast uh, of uh, Freedom Scientifics and the fact that they've had it in, on at least one that I can remember. Uh, but for those who haven't heard about it, Tell me, uh, tell me about it. Uh, tell me what uh, what this is about. I, I look forward to hearing this. Yeah, this is about uh, an encouragement time and kind of celebration of community and accessibility and creativeness. I mean, we we have such a strong group of people that we connect with around creativity, and our, our users have such great ideas and. We wanted to celebrate that, and we thought, well, November is a great month because we've just released the, the new major version in October, and also part of this was that Sharktober was already taken, so we kind of had to naturally move mm. it to November to do Sharkvember. Yeah. Um, so, so it's a month to just kind of celebrate that. We have some different events going on. We'll have some special webinars. We'll have some special uh, an, a special FS Open Line in November or Sharkvember. Uh, and, but then there's kind of a cornerstone event that we're running right now, and it's called the Next Big Thing Contest. And it's open now. And what we're, what we're looking for is for people to submit your ideas about the things that you would love to see in JAWS or ZoomText or Fusion. You know, so a lot of people have had really great ideas. I'd love for the software to do this, or I'd love for it to do that. Or, you know, I, I have this problem, and I think you guys could do this to make something better for us. And so this contest, we want it to bring those things out. So we're asking people to submit a three-minute video. You can do this individually or with a team of up to three people and get creative. Send us in a video. It doesn't have to be professional. You can do this on your phone or even on your webcam through Zoom or something like that. But in that video, tell us about your idea, why it's important to you, who it will help why it's something we should add into the product. And that submission process is open until October 16th. And then on October 16th, we're gonna, we have a panel of uh, judges who are going to 
go through those submissions and narrow it down to three finalists. And then we're inviting those three finalists to a live event that we're going to hold on Zoom on November or Shark Member 14th. And in that live event, we're asking those three finalists to come on and present their ideas to our panel of judges. And all of those who want to come and participate and just attend the event, and this will be open to anyone to attend. And the three finalists will will make their their pitches to our judges, and then our judges will deliberate it and will actually declare the grand prize winner that night. And the great thing is for folks who attend that event, you'll be able to help influence the judging. So the audience will have a vote in this as well. So it'll be really good participation. Uh, I'm excited about it. We're we're actually putting some real things behind this. The grand prize winner is going to win a thousand dollar Amazon gift card. And if even if it's a group to up to three of you, each person will win a thousand dollar Amazon gift card. So there's some real emphasis here for you to get in and give us your ideas and let's enjoy being together for Shark Member. And uh, what I would say, Mike, for people who want to learn more about this, if you go to freedomscientific.com slash sharkvember, S-H-A-R-K-V-E-M-B-E-R, that's the landing page for the activities going on in Shark Vember. And on that page, there will be a link to the Next Big Thing contest, and it'll give you all the rules, all the info. There's a form there you'll fill out when you create your video so you can make your submission. So we've already been getting submissions in. We've gotten a number of them in already as of mid-September. So, you know, and we've got about four more weeks to go. So I'm really excited to see what things people have out there. And uh, just it's going to be a fun time. It is. And uh, mark your calendars, folks. November the 14th times and all of that will, you know, certainly let you know when that's going to be a little closer. But, man, I'm excited about that. And, Ryan, before we uh, wrap this up, and I do thank you for being with us, we're visiting with Ryan Jones of of Vespero. Uh, Ryan, talk to people. There's some folks out there who don't realize for whatever reason, and because I, I talk to people all the time, and I'm bringing this up for that reason. I talked to somebody today. How do I get a JAWS license? I, I know they're really expensive, right? And I'm like, no, they're not. Here's why. You can do a home annual license. And I say, this is a great way to learn JAWS for less than what you would pay for a subscription to Netflix for a year. Absolutely, You yep. can have JAWS for a year. And then if you don't want it after the year, you don't have to keep it. You can renew it as you need to. And and the great thing about it is you get access to 2024. And if you keep it, you'll get access to 25 and 26 and, and on and on for just a low price for a simple home annual license. I don't think that is publicized as much as it probably should be uh, by us. And I try every opportunity I get to say that. But, man, that's a great way for people to get in on JAWS, Fusion, and Zoom text. It is. It, it really helps kind of get people in. When you don't have access to JAWS through a school or through your rehab agency or through your employer or other channels, if you're having to pay out of pocket, we wanted to make it really easy and make the barrier to getting access to JAWS or Zoom Text or Fusion really, really low. And so you're right. I mean, when you look at it across a 12-month period, it's it's like going to Starbucks once a month, basically, uh, the, the cost of it. And really? Well, Just once? depends on what you get at Starbucks, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you <laughs> it might be less every other that. month, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's a great way. It's it's open to those in the U.S. and, and also in Canada. 
we're looking at how we might use this kind of a model in other places geographically around the world, but right now it's for U.S. and Canada. Yeah, and I, I always encourage people to use this, and, and it's a subscription in a way. So as you said, you always have access to the latest updates. There's no extra fee for when a new when a new update comes out. You're, if you're subscribed and your subscription's up to date, then you get access to whatever version is out at, at any given time. Well, from from where I sit, you guys do a wonderful job. I realize the job you have is tremendously challenging, given all of the things you hear, good and bad. Uh, a lot of times you don't hear about all the positives you do, but a lot of times you hear about what's wrong instead of what's right. But I know what you guys do, and I've met a lot of you. I've talked to a lot of you individually, uh, people like yourself. I knew Dan. Uh, I've talked to Glenn Gordon, who's one of the developers, one of the best in the business. Uh, the one thing I know about you all is it's a y'all have the heart to do this, and there's 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 a lot to be said for that. So thank you for what you do, continued success, uh, and we appreciate you being on our uh, podcast. I think a lot of folks uh, will be excited about what's to come with the new version of Jaws 2024. And again, if you don't have a license and you want to test out the beta, you can do it in the demo version for 40 minutes, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun to check out. But uh, Ryan, again, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on and uh, continued success uh, in your role, and uh, uh, we'll be visiting with you so, uh, down the road. That sounds good, Mike. Thank you so much for having me, and, and I, I just want to say I, we have the best team, and and I appreciate all of them. They they are phenomenal. You couldn't ask for a better group of folks who, who do this every day. And so, yeah, we don't always get it right. We want to hear when we get it right and when we don't get it right, and we'll make it better. So thank you, Mike, and thanks for, for your show, and just look forward to, to talking with you another time. Sounds great. I want to thank Ryan again for joining us and being a part of our uh, podcast this evening, and uh, certainly hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. It was certainly a lot of fun. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of our podcast. Again, if you want to keep up with what we're up to, if you want to send me an email, send any of our staff an email, Ryan Harvey, who uh, helps uh, upload our podcast and runs our website for us, either uh, Israel's Zarita, uh, Israel Cazares, Zarita, who joins us uh, most times in most podcasts, or also one of our producers, Roger Allen. If you want to send us an email individually, feel free. We've got the ability to do that from there. It's just our first name dot our last name at athotcorner.com. You can also subscribe to the live feed and be notified when new podcasts are available. That will come down uh, as well, and you'll get that in your uh, inbox once we have a new podcast up. And our next podcast will drop next month. It will be National Employee or National Disability Employee Awareness Month next month. And we hope uh, we'll have you to join us for that i'm sure we'll have a lot of conversation about that plus any new technology news again our website is athotcorner.com athotcorner.com for all of us here at the assistive technology hot corner i'm mike moat thanks for joining us and we'll see you next month for more great content please like subscribe and share visit us online at athotcorner.com and download our show to your smartphone or computer wherever you get your podcasts you can also email each of our hosts directly using the contact us page on our website once again that's athotcorner.com a-t-h-o-t-c-o-r-n-e-r.com thank you for listening and join us next time in the assistive technology hot corner